the pom pom A newborn king to see power on the pom pom Our finest gifts we bring power on the pom pom To lay before the king power on the pom pom So to honor him, power on the bum bum when we come.
yetu yetu liye binguni yetu yetu amina baba yetu yetu liye funjina la koweli tukutwe baba yetu yetu liye binguni yetu yetu amina baba yetu yetu liye funjina la koweli tukutwe utupeli yo chakola chetu Chohita chitu same, makosa yetu he. Kumana setu na hawa seme, wale yotu kase. Yusetu katika majari bulakini, utoko we na yule muwe milala.
But there is a normal I don't want to see. David has talked a few times about church, church members that go to church once every six weeks. That was pre-COVID normal. What about Bible reading? What if I were to tell you that 35% of professing Christians read the Bible at least once a week? What if I were to tell you that 45% of professing Christians don't read the Bible at all? My friends, if you're getting all your Bible reads scrolling Facebook, that is not the answer. Prayer lives. 34% of Christians, 50 and under, claim to pray daily. If you look at Christians under 30, that number drops to 16%. This is a normal I don't want to see. But in this crisis, those Christians are watching six services a week. People are reading the Bible. I myself began to read the Bible page by page again to gain new insight. I haven't done that since I was a baby Christian. In prayer, people are praying. They may be praying with selfish motives, but they are praying. They are seeking for answers. So, I have a question for you. Why does it take a crisis for us to get serious about God? I know that sounds harsh, but if we look at the stats, they don't lie. I'm a math guy. Numbers don't lie. But really, let's go with it. We want normalcy in our life. I would love to go get a steak at a restaurant sometime. I get it. And the Israelites had the same issue. They were in slavery for 430 years. This was 430 years of slavery. This was 430 years of abuse. 430 years of hardship. And 34 year, 430 years of death. Egyptian captivity was really hard on the people. Right? Lots of hard work, dawn to dust. Beatings and mistreatment were the norm. And disobedience was met with the harshest of expectations. And not to mention, life was pretty cheap. They would kill just to kill. Look at how Moses escaped death in a basket in water. Life was cheap in Egypt as a slave. Then you get Moses. Moses comes after years of exile. He has a few. He, he oversees a few plagues that God visits on the land. Totally decimates Egypt. They have never recovered from that. That's a little less than about countries that turn their back on Israel. That's a whole other sermon. But the Israelites are free. No more slavery, no more death, and no more insanity. Or so you think. <laughs> See, God has, has promised, delivered his people from all this stuff. But what happens after they leave and they run into their first crisis? Because Pharaoh's going to change his mind. He's going to chase people down, right? 
he wants his slaves back, or he at least wants them dead. So how do the Israelites react to the impending danger? So I'm going to read verses 10 through 12 here real quick. It said, When Pharaoh drew near to the people of Israel, lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is this because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Can you say wow? God just delivered them a few short weeks ago. Immediately, they're freaking out. A little something about faith there, right? <laughs> when faced with crisis, they actually wish they were back in slavery. I'll never get that. They actually lament being free from bondage. They want their normal back. 400 years after 10 plagues, decades of death and abuse, and after they're delivered from all of this, crisis comes, and they want their normal back. Just like us. We want normal. Even if that normal might be a bad thing. I heard a few weeks ago this phrase. Sometimes when we feel afraid, we want what's familiar to us. Even if what's familiar to us kills us. That's physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And you can say whatever you want about this these precautions and this crisis and whether you feel it's all worth it. That is open for debate. They've been debating it for weeks. But you can't debate the spiritual side of this. Because what's wrong with the Israelites here? What are they lacking? They're lacking faith. Many of us in this situation are lacking faith. The next words of Moses are going to point this out in bold letters. As he says this, And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work out for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you'll never see again. And the Lord will fight for you, and you have to only be silent. Moses gently told them to shut their mouths. I love it. Okay. So he implores them to have faith, be silent, watch God work. Where would our life be if we could have faith, keep our mouths closed for a few minutes, and watch God work in our lives? Just a thought. See, Moses understands the need for a new normal here. He knows that God has a plan. He's kind of been let into most of this plan. 
he also knows the Israelites can't see this big picture yet. If you've ever been in charge of something, you've got people that work for you, they can't see the big picture. And they complain about the little pieces. That's where Moses is sitting right now. He's the CEO in a sense. And the nice thing is, Moses does not see the normal that the Israelites know as an option. I personally long for a church that is tired of normal. I want a church that's tired of being half empty every Sunday morning. I want a church that's tired of watered down and powerless ministry and preaching. And I want a tired, I'm tired of a church that when their Christianity doesn't look a lot different from the world outside the church they, they preach in. I do see some encouraging signs here, though. People are reading again. It's nice to know that now people are starting to read the Bible. They're looking for answers. They are praying again. People are curious again. Because what the world is telling them doesn't line up with what's going on sometimes. People are searching for answers. They're even watching online services. Six a week. Cool thing is, our views on YouTube have gone through the roof lately because people are looking for answers. Sometimes it takes a crisis to make us take stock of our lives and the situation we're in. Sometimes it takes a crisis to make us look at God for who He really is. When we can't solve it in our own strength or our government can't solve it for us, we have no choice but to look to God and ask Him to serve it. People are looking for answers. The Israelites, they were in a panic. Yeah, they were looking for an answer. Their answer may have been normal, but they were looking for an answer. And God provided that answer. Approximately 2 million Israelites walked through on dry land. To top it off, the army that's pursuing is crushed under the waters coming back. Now, if that ain't a miracle, I don't know what one is. God saw his people through this crisis. Israel was safe, and they worshiped God for who he was and what he had done for them. Are they going to panic again? Oh, yeah, they'll panic again. They'll run out of water. They'll do crazy things all over. If you look at them, but God is always answering their cries for help. If you don't believe me, just read Exodus. Israel is a spiritual mess. Just like me and you. A lot can be learned about us from just reading about the Israelites. See, my prayer in my study led me to believe that God runs a new normal for us. He's tired of the old normal too. And not the media version of the new normal with all the masks and stuff. Okay, maybe we need to do that, but that's not what God's talking about here. He's calling us to get serious about our faith again. We have a God that desires to have communion with His saints. And he would really appreciate it if we would join the conversation. 
We need a spiritual awakening. We need to take our time and our study seriously. We need to take our prayer lives seriously. And we need to take this relation seriously. Because if my relation with God is not correct, my relation with all you cannot be correct. Ask my wife. She can tell you. And as ministers, and we are all ministers, in your homes you are all ministers, you need to take your ministry seriously. The people that live in your homes, the people that are in your in sphere of influence, you are ministers too. Minister seriously. You have a God that saved you from whatever. And if you aren't excited to tell other people about what He delivered you from, we need to talk. See, I'm guilty as anyone. And I'll be honest. Honesty here. I got so busy learning to be a pastor for the last year that I kind of put some stuff on the back burner. This little shutdown has kind of woke me up a little bit. I got so busy doing the job of ministry that I missed God's voice a lot of times. It can be, it can happen, even for us. So I'm asking the Lord for, to forgive me for losing sight of Him. To refresh my soul. To open my eyes again. And to heal whatever issues He needs to heal inside of me. I hope that's your prayer too. Are we so devoted to what is familiar that we desire it more than our own lives? Are you afraid of the future? It's not concern. Are you fearful of the future? And have you been playing church? I could write a book on that one, by the way. See, does your Monday, Friday, Monday through Friday look a little bit different than what you say you believe on Sunday? If that happens, you're playing church, my friends. Okay? Studies show that people are searching again. And I have to believe that people in our own church are searching again. This, that the faith might have gotten a little bit stale or cold, but this has woke you up a little bit. I'm praying that has happened. Are you one of those people? See, I got great news for you. I said good news here, but I mean great news. That God who saved Moses from the Israelite and the Israelites, that God that sent his son to die on that cross, by the way, he's not there anymore. And that Christ that rose three days later. He wants to help you through these crises as well. Yeah, He wants to help us in the physical one. He wants to keep us physically safe. But more importantly, I feel that Christ is worried about our spiritual crisis. Christ invites us to a new normal. Are you on board?
you honor our associate pastor for that word this morning? Somebody said to me, where did he learn to preach like that? There's a difference in his life in that this message you just heard, he didn't, he didn't go looking in a book. He didn't go looking for a message. A message came looking for him. He was at work and on his, on his lunch break. God just downloaded everything that you just heard. That's how ministry is supposed to work. Is that when you're living so close to Jesus, that Jesus can interrupt your day to say, hey, i got a download to give to you. I hope that you heard not just Pastor Kevin this morning. I hope that you heard the Holy Spirit. Hear me. We are opening these doors next Sunday morning. But it will be different. Some of you won't be able to handle the new normal. It's going to be different. The seats are spaced different. Guidelines are a little different. When we go back in there next week, it will not be like what it was the last time you were in there. Hear me. One of my mentors taught me everything that happens in the natural is just echoing things that are happening in the spiritual realm. I could talk to you all day about what it's going to be like different in there when I open the doors. But what God wants to talk about today is what does it look like on the inside of you now that the door is open. If your lifestyle, your 40 hours of work, your lifestyle, your seven days a week doesn't look any different now than what it did when this began, you've missed it. And you won't be blessed and you won't prosper. God wants to do some transformation in this hour. He wants a new normal in your life. He wants a new kingdom normal to be released. And if you're missing that, my goodness, I don't know what it's going to take to get your attention. But some of us need to repent because we've been so frustrated and so trying to speak against experts like us hillbillies or the doctors and the experts. are like, we all went to medical school and we all know what's best. We're trying to fight against everybody. We're so busy doing it that we're missing the voice of the king trying to talk to the kingdom about some kingdom things. And this morning, you've heard from the king through his ambassador to you this morning that God's calling for a new normal. And you can shout, you can say amen, and you can say that's good preaching, but if you're not living in a new normal, you just dishonored the message and dishonored the messenger. So this morning, I don't want to just rush out. All right, that was great. I want you to take just a few moments of silence without me praying before I bless you. And I want you to really take this in. What is different about my life now than when this began? How is the Christ using the crisis to make me more like his son? We're so blessed with wonderful pastors here. Kevin, I, I couldn't be more blessed to call this man my friend, my brother, and my associate pastor. And I love Kim, and, you know, we gained a women's pastor last week, but in the midst of this crisis, my daughter has gained a grandmother. Aren't you glad for what we're gaining in the midst of a crisis? And I've had to have hours of conversations with her, sitting in my pajama pants in our house. And I hear the cry of our women's pastor saying, Listening through some people and talking about some things. This is what he talked about. Don't ever tell Pastor David something he'll repeat it. <laughs> the frustration of saying, I'm praying and I'm believing, but why do we have some people that still yet are not 
fully committed, fully all in. God wants to get you all in on the assignment of heaven. God wants you to live for something greater than yourself, greater than your own career, greater than your own ambitions. He wants you to live a sacrificial servant life for the king. That ought to be what your new normal looks like. And so this morning, I want to take just a moment of silence, and I want you to really look up to heaven and ask God, what does my new normal need to look like? Not when the doors of the church are open, but when the doors to my heart and my mind are open. Look up to heaven, close your ears, close your eyes, and just hear from God. May God begin to speak to you and tell you what your new normal should look like. We're going to have just a few moments of silence. Father God, we've heard you this morning. That while the culture is looking for a new normal, our Christ is commissioning us for a new spiritual normal. Father, we submit ourselves to you. We submit our time, our life, all the things that we value. Lord, we submit ourselves to you. Lord, we say to you, we're on board with a new spiritual normal in our life. We don't want just to read the book of Acts. We want to live the book of Acts. We want a life of action through a new normal this morning. So God, would you begin to cut things out of our life, add things to our life, rearrange however you want to rearrange that our new normal might glorify you and advance your kingdom. We repent of our old way and we embrace a new way. In the name of the Father and the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and all of God's people said, Amen. Bless you. Next week, be right here. We're going to line up at the steps at about 1035 and officially kick those doors open, and we're going to have a Holy Ghost party in the house next Sunday. We want you to be with us online or on-site. God bless you. Have a beautiful Sunday. Your name is faith.
was actually requested by my daughter. And I love it because I love that she loves worship as much as I do. Um, and it's fitting because the words of the song says, how did I forget that you are king of the world? We try to put God in a box. And he's so much bigger than that. And he's so much more powerful than that. Amen.
trying times, if there's anybody that remembers that He's still the King of the world. And I've got news for you this morning. He's the King of your world. He's the King of your circumstance. He's in your corner. He's in your favor. I don't know what you lost, but I'm here to tell you that God wants to give it back. I don't care what's been dead in your life, but I'm here to tell you that God wants to bring it back to life. I'm here to tell you this morning that God is for you and not against you. Somebody say amen. The psalmist said that it's the fool that says that there is no God in his heart. It is those that are corrupt and have done horrific things that say there is no God. And in verse 2 of Psalm 53, it says that God looked down from heaven on the children of men to see if there were any who had insight, any who would seek God. This morning, in the midst of this crisis, I wonder if there's anybody that is still looking up to the King. I wonder this morning as God is looking down from the heavens in our city, if he's seeing some people that are still full of faith and not fear. God's looking. God's listening this morning. I wonder, do you have a praise for the God that is listening this morning? Come on, let him hear your praise. Let him hear that you're still full of faith and not fear. That you still believe the greatest days are ahead of us and not behind us. That you still believe that God's people are blessed and not cursed. That you still believe that God is greater. That God is bigger. That God is mightier. And whatever you're going through today, you're going to come through because He's the King of the world. Amen? Billy's going to sing a song that we love so much that talks about everything changes when Jesus walks into the room. How many of you are excited that this is our last outdoor service? And next Sunday, we're going back inside our building that God gave us. But when we go back in, things are going to be a little different, a new normal. Because of the virus, of course, we've had to reduce our seating. We've had to shut down the Impact Cafe. And there's different things we've had to do because when we go inside, it's going to be a little different. There will be some restrictions when we go inside that weren't there before. And as we were planning and preparing that, I began to think about it from God's perspective. I wonder how many times God's wanted to get in the building, your building, your body, your mind, your life, yet you have socially and awkwardly distance yourself from God. I wonder how many times you have roped off certain areas of your hurt, your pain, your past, and told God you can't go there. I wonder how many things you've told God is off limits. You can't go there. I wonder how many habits God's wanted to break, but you said, no, you can't go there. God wants to walk in the room this morning just like we're ready to walk back in that big room behind me. But I'm here to tell you, as she sings this song, I want you to stand and I want you to make a prayer to God, a proclamation telling God, there's nothing in my life that is restricted from you. God, come into every room of my mind, come into every room of my heart, 
come into every part of my life. I'm not roping anything off this morning. And as we pray this song, I want you to believe with me that everything changes when Jesus walks into the room. And this week, we need to pray for Jesus to walk into some rooms. We need to pray for Jesus to walk into some hospital rooms. This morning, we want to pray for Michelle and her husband, Joe. Michelle is the sister of Billy. They both have COVID-19. Joe has pre-existing conditions and is struggling for his life right now. But how many of you believe that when Jesus walks into the hospital room, he can all change? I need you to pray prophetically this morning with me. I need you to pray the scripture with me this morning. There is power in agreement. If you're watching by at home, you're listening by radio, I need you to pray with us this morning. There are some things that can only be dealt with by prayer and fasting, and we want to believe for Joe this morning, that he's going to live and not die, that Christ is greater than the crisis, that Jesus is greater than a virus, and so I need you to pray with me this morning for Joe. And we also want to pray for little Summer that is going to be going through a surgery this week, that the God of heaven would be in that hospital room and bless that precious little baby girl. And she's going to come through more than all right. Somebody say amen. So we're going to pray for these two right now. I want to remind you to continue to give to Impact. You can go online, impact-ironton.com. We've been able, listen, you want to praise the Lord for this. We've been able to give to more hurting people in the midst of this crisis than we were able to do before the crisis began because of God's people being faithful and honoring God with their giving. We're giving to women's shelters that are helping to stop the Holocaust of, of abortion. We're giving to people that are having surgeries. We're, I can give you a whole list of people that your money that you're giving to God is helping hurting people. So don't forget to give this morning. But let's pray together now. And as we sing that song, picture yourself standing on the outside of the hospital room, praying for Jesus to come in. And then our associate pastor, Kevin Carter, is going to come and preach a word about a new normal this morning. Let's pray together as we begin this song. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Oh God, you are good. You alone are mighty. You are the king of the world. You are the king of our world. You are a God of compassion. You are a God of concern. You are a God that can heal the sick. You are a God of provision that provides when we need you. And Lord, we need you now. We need you in this circumstance. So we pray in the spirit this morning for you to heal Joe right now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, we pray for you to breathe your eternal healing breath into that room right now. We pray, God, for you to send ministering angels that would minister to Joe. We pray that he would live and not die. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless him even now. We pray for Michelle to have 
strength, patience, and let faith arise in her life. God be her very present help in the time of need as she's just lost a sister, fighting the virus herself and watching her husband from a distance. God, would you be so near to her this hour? And Lord, we pray for little Summer that you would bless her. We pray, God, for her parents that you would bless them. We pray, God, that that surgery would go exactly how you intended for it to go, that your angels would stand in the room, and that you, yourself, Holy Spirit, would minister through those doctors, and everything would go according to your plan and your purpose. We love you. We adore you. And let everybody that believes healing is coming shout amen. 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 Let's pray for Jesus to step into the rooms of our life this morning. Oh 